during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I am excited because this conversation is going to be with a doctor who is a breast surgical oncologist. Stay tuned. Welcome to Got Clutter, Get Organized. My name is Janet M. Taylor, and I am your host. And this podcast is here to help you create space to attract more money, love, and happiness in your life. I want to say hello if you're a regular listener, and if you're listening for the very first time, I want to welcome you. I hope you're having a great week. If you can't tell, I'm excited because we're going to be talking about empowering breast health and we're going to be having a conversation with Dr. Mo, short for Monique. And I am just like beyond thrilled. But also, I will be sharing my product at Repurpose as well as my book suggestion for this week. My question for you this week is, have you had your mammogram this year? And if you have not, you need to just, once you listen to this podcast, then you need to schedule it. Did you know that there were 37 million mammograms are done on average each year, which is why I am super excited to have Dr. Monique Gary, and she, or better known as Dr. Mo, and she is a breast surgical oncologist medical director of the Grandview Health Cancer Program and director of their breast program, CEO and founder of Still Rise Farms, an associate professor of race and health equity, Dartmouth School of Medicine. She also serves as a medical advisor and contributor for the National Breast Cancer Advisory Organizations, including Living Beyond Breast Cancer, Touch, the Black Breast Cancer Alliance, Tiger Lily Foundation, the Crylist Initiative, and the National LGB Cancer Network. And her mission beyond surgery is to build a movement to achieve true health equity and help communities develop holistic and integrative approaches to cancer care and to wellness. So sit back, but you also may want to share this empowering conversation with another woman. So sit back and hear my conversation with Dr. Mo. This episode is brought to you by Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic, a two-in-one probiotic and prebiotic formulated with 24 clinically and scientifically studied strains to support healthy regularity and your gut, immune, and skin health. Optimize your gut health. Visit seed.com slash Spotify with code Spotify for 30% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And hello, and welcome to Got Clutter, Get Organized, the conversation. And as you know, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And as you already heard, I am excited because I have Dr. Monique Gary here with me. And she is going to just kind of talk to us really about being more aware, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. So I am so excited to have you. And of course, I may go back and forth to Dr. Monique to Dr. Mo. So just understand it. So Dr. Monique, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me here today. I can't tell you how good it is to hear your voice again and to, to speak with you and your, your audience. This is amazing. So before we get really into discussion about breast cancer awareness, I want to know, and probably my listeners too, and those watching, how, what made you decide to become a doctor? Well, you know, medicine is in my blood. My, my mother was a nurse. My grandmother was a nurse. And when you come from a family of healers, you come from people who will do whatever it takes to make other people feel better. And it's a gift and it's a legacy. And so I knew that I would go into some aspect of healthcare. And I think it's an important lesson for people who have young folks who are trying to figure out what their path is going to be. It doesn't necessarily have to be a doctor in order to be a healer, in order to be a helper. Uh, but I, I knew you know, that I would go into medicine and I hoped that I would become a doctor, even though I really didn't see very many examples of black women physicians growing up. I knew that it was possible if I could just stick to it and uh, commit to the journey. Mm, and we are ever grateful for you, Dr. Monique. So, Dr. Monique, when a woman first hears a diagnosis, what should she possibly do or maybe should she not do? Because I know everybody's different and every diagnosis is different. But in general, um, what should we, you know, really kind of maybe do or, like I said, not do? Well, I can tell you the first thing that people probably stop doing that they should absolutely do. And the first thing that you should do is you should breathe. And it's something, that, you know, one of the key parts of mindfulness and meditation is breath work. And when we focus on the breath, it does a lot of different things for the body. But the most important thing that it does is that it affects our noradrenaline, right? You've heard of that term adrenaline. Adrenaline's pumping. It's hard for your brain to focus. It's hard for you to, uh, to think about the things that you need with some clarity because it activates all of the stress hormones and the stress genes. And so now you've got stress on top of stress and your heart is racing and your mouth is dry and it impacts your ability to process things and to think clearly. And so just by regulating our breathing, you can begin to bring that stress level down. You can begin to think a little bit more clearly. And, you know, finding that sweet spot is going to help you in a couple different ways. And it just, it helps us to center ourselves so that we can then process that information. The and second I'm... thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, please continue. Uh, the thing that we probably should not do is I, I invite people to avoid PTSD and the knee-jerk reaction to think of somebody else that we knew who went through a cancer journey and maybe might not have been the most favorable thing. I talked to two women today in my clinic, and they said, I remember when my mother did this. She had something else that she did this. She felt this way. She, and as her caretaker, I felt this way, and I don't want to put my family through that. And that makes them more insular. It makes them shut down. It, it puts them in the mindset that they are the experience of someone else. And everybody's cancer journey is different. And cancer care is different. And I need people to really process that. This is not our grandmother's cancer. This is not your mother's cancer or even your best friend's cancer. This is a different journey that only you are on. Um, the last thing is I think people should really avoid the assumption that everything negative they see online is true. Because the next thing we do, what do we do? We go online, we start looking things up, and all of a sudden, you know, you, you have to understand that the Internet uh, and, and the way websites work is that it's programmed to feed the information people want more of. And it, we don't always want more good news. 
we don't always want to feel good stories. We go and gravitate toward the most negative things. And that's what comes up most in a feed. If you look up something about breast cancer, you won't see the stories of hope first. You may see stories of, of negativity and side effects and other things, terrible pictures. And so I, I really need for put people to put that in perspective and recognize that just because you read it online doesn't mean it's true, doesn't mean it's you. Mm, you know, and I'm really so happy that you said that, Dr. Monique, because I went through a surgery. It wasn't um, cancer. It was a different, I had a hysterectomy. And so in my mind, I was thinking about what my friend went through because she had it. My best friend went through it. It wasn't, you know, her aftercare was, you know, she got sick and she was unpleasant. And then, of course, I was thinking, well, wait a minute. She's married and the kids were there. It's just me. What's going to happen to me? And I started going through all that. But, you know, when I called her after I went to the doctor and I said, well, my only choice is to have a hysterectomy. She was like, okay, this is how we're going to handle it. And it was like, wow, wait a minute. All the stuff that I was worried about. And I didn't because my treatment was different. My doctor was different. My aftercare was completely opposite of hers. So you're right. Thank you so much for sharing that because I hope that really helps somebody. And also for those listening and watching, you share this with somebody as well. So my next question is because, you know, I make sure I have my mammogram every single year, you know, and I'm, and I have it set. It's usually the fall because I like to try to have it around my birthday. So why is it so important for us to really have these regular mammograms? Ooh, so it's important to have your mammograms, or I'm going to say your breast screening because mammograms have been around since 1965. Wow. Yeah. It's an x-ray. And in the time in, what is it, 50 years, more than over 50 years, I, I, I can't do the math right now, but there should be new and innovative ways to detect breast cancer. And there are. I'm going to say, you know, screening, breast screening is something that we should all be doing. And the way mammograms work is that they look at and track the changes over time. And so from one year to the next, has anything changed? You had two little dots or calcifications. Next year, are there 10? When we start skipping years, and we go every other and every five and every whatever. And I know the guidelines have gotten a little bit confusing for people. But when that happens, then we're not as able to effectively track the changes over time. And so this is the number one reason why it's important for you to do it, because we need to see what it was before to see if something's changed, to see if we need to do some more workup. The second reason we should do it is because we need to get into the habit of practicing self-care that's not just emotional self-care, the feel-good self-care, but the stuff that's going to keep us alive. Like these are the bodies we got and we got to make sure that we put as much effort into keeping them healthy, right? The goal is to find wellness, not to just look for sickness. And and I, I want us to change that that mindset that just because we're doing this, you know, we're, we're looking for sickness. No, we're not. We're just checking to make sure you're still good. And you check it off your list, just like all the other preventive things. And I think that mindset is a little bit more palatable. It's easier for us to digest, and it's easier for us to look at that type of of medical self-care that way. Thank you so much for sharing that, because I had a breast exam, a mammogram, and they said, Janet, we want you to come back. So I came back. Then they said, we want you to see someone else. And, you know, I went through all of that process, but all of that just realized it was just like a total really looking at everything. 
not just one thing, because that one thing showed something. But then after they dug a little deeper, asked more questions, took more tests, it's like, you know what, Janet, we'll see you next year. And I was really fine with that. And I shared with somebody, I said, you know, I no longer get stressed out when doctors say, oh, we need you to come back. Because Mm -hmm. in my opinion, it's a way of, you know what, we're doing some preventive things because we don't want to wait a whole year for anything to crop up. So, you know, yeah. I'm learning. I'm learning. (laughs) It's it's hard, though. You know, in the cancer world, we have a term called not anxiety. Put an SC in front of it. It's scanxiety. Right? Because they, they're worried that every year they go get those scans and you're sitting in that waiting room and our body keeps score, remembers it. I sat in this waiting room and I sat in this dressing room and then somebody came and told me I had cancer. And so we internalized, right, what happened to us in that building again with the PTSD, but the anxiety surrounding scans. And in my mind, I tell patients, this is the thing. I want to know whatever, let's get to the bottom of it. And we look at it as a fact-finding mission. We're ruling out things instead of, because the flip side is this. What if they say, oh, you know what? It's probably nothing. Come back again in six months. And that does happen. But what if they do that and you're like, well, I, you know, I really wish I could get the rest of this scan and get, get worked up. And I, I want to make sure that there's nothing there. So when they go through that and they do all the things to make sure there's nothing there, that's not a bad thing. That's something to be grateful for. Let's get to the bottom of it. And then we can know what we got and deal with whatever it is. Or, you know, rule it out and keep on pushing. Yep, and that's what I did. And once I got the, the results, like, Janet, we want to see you in a year. I started texting everybody, Dr. Monique. I'm like, yes, hey, I went. And, that, and I think, and that's one of the things I do, I found that it really helps me sometimes when I share, like, hey, I've got an appointment tomorrow. And then somebody will say, hey, how do things go? Or maybe somebody else will say, you know what, you're only a couple blocks from where I live. Let's go out to lunch afterwards. So I'm really like learning how to kind of have that whole look at self-care. So thank you so You're much. preaching a whole sermon on that. Because when we link our self-care to accountability and accountability to others, we're much more likely to do it. And so I tell people, you know, take two friends with you or or make it a point to go out to lunch with somebody. Maybe that's just your once a year old classmate or whoever that you only get together with at that time. After your mammogram, after your whatever, we're going to gather and we're going to talk about life and we're going to catch up. And because you know somebody is waiting on you or depending on you or you've tied that now to some other activity, it becomes a thing that you not necessarily look forward to, but something that you know you're more likely to do. So I'm going to remember that when I schedule mine. So thank you so much. So one of the questions I always ask all my guests, Dr. Monique, is how do you stay organized, organize your day, organize your life? What are some maybe tools and strategies? You can just give us a couple. Oh, boy, it's, it is constantly evolving as I add more things to my plate. Let me just be honest and be candid about it. When I did less, my organizational skills were perhaps a little bit better. But as I add more things on, it becomes more important for me to organize my day the day before. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that, right, is at the end of my day, I sit down and I look at my next day. I look at my clinic schedule, what patients are coming in. Am I going to need a little bit more time? Am I going to need to make sure that... Uh, I've got some things in place because, oh, look at that, that person's right before lunch and this is going to be a long conversation. I might not get lunch, so let me pack my lunch today. Let me, you know, start to plan what my day looks like. And I try to plan my my meetings in between, right, if I'm having a meeting or something, an interview during lunch 
or right after work and try to make sure that I got a sense of what to expect that day. So the day before I look at it, I also try to meal plan because I'm doing this intermittent fasting. I don't know how it's all going, but I know that come noon, I'm hungry. And so <laughs> I want to make sure that my meals are planned. Um, and then, you know, I do try to remember to, to breathe because sometimes even I forget. And so I'll have a little ping on my phone. There's a mindfulness app that pings. It reminds me to just stop, take a deep breath. I started to pack more water, pack more fruit, make sure that I'm getting some fruits and some vegetables in my day. Uh, still, honestly, I check my phone too much, right? There's too many messages throughout the day, and, and my distraction, my level of distraction is something that I definitely want to work on. But then before I leave work, I'm planning my evening deliverables. What's my night going to look like? Alrighty, do I need to stop by the market? Do I have any calls to make? Do I have any deliverables or articles I need to check and be productive about? Because I'm a little bit of a night owl. And so that helps me to be able to go into the evening and get some work done. And I try, try, try. I'm not the best at it at getting in some exercise. If I can get in 30 minutes a day, some mornings are better than others because I have surgery on two days a week and we start at a.m. So I'm not as likely to exercise before that. But I make sure that I get it in in my evening. Even if it's just while I'm watching Family Feud, I put on something mindless that I can laugh and go along to, and I don't realize that my feet are going while I'm watching that thing. So I create distraction where I need distraction, and those have been really helpful tools for me. Mm. You said so many things. First, you said lunch or meals, and I liked it because a lot of times people don't even think about that. They keep working and working and working. You said exercise, but you also said planning your next day because statistics says when we take time to plan our next day, we can save ourselves minutes that next day. Yes. 15 minutes of pre-planning can save you an hour the next day. So you already already have that. You know, yes, yes. I love that. But you know what else I want to get into are more tools for organization. I, I'm old school. Like I have a lot of notepads and post-its and a lot of things that I, I want to try to figure out what are good, you know, tech tools for. See, you, you're my girl. Look at that. She got, she got the spiral notepad. <laughs> this is my planner because, you Ooh. know, yeah, because I do use a digital calendar to just so I'll know where I'm supposed to be, what time. But I yep. use my planner for like really the details of those things, those appointments, those meetings, et cetera. So, yes. So you don't have to like you do you do you, Doctor Monique. You do you. <laughs> well, this has been a wonderful conversation. And how can people connect with you? Because I know you also have other things going on as well. So how can people connect with you? Boy, so the best ways for people to connect with me are probably to follow me on social media. Um, I'm Doctor Monique Gary on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, uh, and on I have a YouTube <laughs> and also on Facebook. I have a professional Facebook page and people can always see what's going on because yes, in addition to being a full-time breast surgeon, I also teach health equity at Dartmouth. I'm an associate professor there. Um, I also um, have a farm, a 39 acre farm for integrative wellness, especially for those who have cancer and who are facing chronic illnesses. And it's for experiential learning. We call it an incubator farm for people to come out and test out and figure out what wellness looks like for them. Mm. So you'll frequently see activities happening at the farm. We had Camp Jill Scott recently, and, you know, we'll have cancer patients come out for wellness days. So there are all ways to find me, ways to follow me, ways to invite me to come speak to your organization or to your group. Um, and we provide just tips and, and 
tactics on how to reduce your risk for cancer, how to advocate for yourself when you're in your doctor's appointments and you don't feel like you're getting what you need. And build in trust because medical misinformation is at an all-time high. You can go to the internet and find a lot of stuff that's not true, but we need reliable sources and doctors that we trust. And so I view that as like my, my personal mission outside of surgery is to be a doctor that people can trust. And that's good. And that's wonderful. And and I like what you said about really, it's almost like a, it's a relationship because I'll have my little note. I have my little notebook when I go see my doctor and I even got proactive because, you know, I would go for my annuals and Janet take your tests and blah, blah, blah. And then we'd be going back and forth. And I said, can we possibly take the test before the blood test? So then when I come to see you, I can sit down and we can be eye to eye. You can say, Janet, you need to do this, 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 and this instead of the back and forth. So, yes. Yeah, so That's right. I love I'm it the- when my patients come prepared with questions and when we can get the scans beforehand, get the test beforehand, because you're right. Then what I'll do is I'm going to sit down, I'm going to pull them up. We'll go through it together. Mm-hmm. And we'll, you know, that way there's this shared understanding of what's going on. And I think that's where we have to get to with our doctors, you know, is really sharing in that care. It's not just some doctor telling you what's going to happen to you, but this is, this is me and you, we're in it together. Let's figure out what we're going to do moving forward for your health. Yes, that is right. I believe that too, Dr. Monique. I believe that too. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. It is greatly appreciated. This has been a joy. I'm so glad to see you and talk with you again. And and you remind me to really look at the ways in my life where I can cut the clutter, where I can be more organized and give myself a little bit of grace for the things I'm actually doing a little bit okay with. So thank you for that, Janet. It's so great to be with you today. And of course, before I forget, you will be able to connect with Dr. Monique. I will have all her links on the show page. So all you got to do is click them and connect with her. So. Thank you again, Dr. Monique. See you soon. So what was your takeaway from my conversation with Dr. Mo? I hope if you haven't had your mammogram, it inspired you to sign up and, 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 and actually make that phone call and schedule it today. You know, I have mines every year. I make sure that I I check in with my bestie and see if she's had hers. And we kind of just kind of just support each other on that journey. And I hope it inspired you to do the same. So let's transition to Taylor's tip time and just kind of keeping your health information in order, your health and your medical information in order. Number one, create a folder. It could be physical, it could be digital of all your test results. So at least you have access to them should you need them. I mean, it's come in handy so many different times. You know, there were times when the doctor would say one thing. I'm like, well, the test results from last year said another thing. And is there something? And then then they would look at the physical copy and they would, you know, make their corrections. Number two, decide on a set time when you will have whatever test you have. I always make sure like September, October is my month because September is my birth month. So therefore I want to have my annuals done. My mammograms done about the same time. And again, I share it with people. Number three, once you make the appointment, make it a fun day after you were done, maybe have lunch with a friend, you know, because of where my, uh, doctor is located it's like you know 
not that far from a friend. So usually I'll try to see if I can coordinate, um, you know, you know, go take my test because I usually like to take my test early in the morning and then maybe hopefully have lunch if they're available in the afternoon. So that's something you should do as well. And next, tell somebody when your appointment is scheduled so they can keep you accountable so they can actually call you or you call them. You know, I still remember years ago when I actually had to have uh, a hysterectomy. It wasn't a choice that I really wanted to make, but, you know, looking back, it was the best, it was, you know, I was, it was the best choice. And I still remember, I let every, you know, my best friend know I was having the appointment and, and I was basically having an appointment to see if there was another option. And I remember making the call and I was a little scared. And when they told me, they said, well, Janet, really, because of every, the way everything looks, this is really your only option. And it was just comforting, just one, because one, I shared it with her, but also she's like, okay. She said, so what's next? It was like, I, I no longer felt like I was alone. And sometimes you need to do that. And again, you know, tell somebody, but then I kind of just, you know, transition to my last one and share the results with a friend. You know, sometimes, you know, we need, not sometimes, but all the time, we need that support. We need to know we're not alone. Because I was thinking, my goodness, if I have this operation, how am I going to? But she had already had it laid out of what was going to happen, how she was going to take off her job. Mind you, she was still, at that time, my godchildren was, were in, you know, they just started high school. So I'm taking hot, but she had already worked it out. So that really helped me. So I hope just these little tips this week will help you in regards to just keeping your health information and all of that in order. And you know what? I would love to hear from you if you enjoy hearing, you know, listening to this podcast, you know, share your feedback on whatever platform you are listening to. And of course, I will share it with the other listeners. Now, of course, this is like the beginning of October, but we are slowly moving to the end of the year. So are you ready? Have you tackled those things that you said at the beginning of the year? Have you crossed them off your list? So whether it's your paperwork, your schedule, your overall life, you know, send me a DM, sign up, go to my website and sign up for a complimentary 15 minute session so you can start taking action now and start making progress today. I definitely will always want to take a moment and just thank you because when I go on social media and I see you've liked something I posted, you reshared something I posted, it truly means a lot to me. So thank you so much. And of course, please continue to follow me, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, you know, check out my fit and healthy board. And of course, make sure you check out YouTube as well because on YouTube you can see all the conversations I have with all of my fabulous guests and of course make sure that when you do go to YouTube you subscribe as well as click the bell for reminders and of course ladies you do not have to go on this journey alone because join my Facebook group living life totally organized it's a community of women supporting each other on their journey to living a life that is totally organized. It's free. 
Now, if you don't know, August we did the 31 days. September, we focused on just making sure that all the things we need in case of an emergency were organized. This month, we're focusing on ourselves. So go over to, click the link in the show page and join. It's free to join. And it's a wonderful group of women. One thing I loved about our challenges is that, specifically the one in August, people were posting what they were getting rid of. They were saying, Janet, okay, I'm not doing it every single day, but this is what I've done. People were showing boxes of stuff they were getting rid of. People were saying, you know what? I had all this stuff and I realized I needed to let it go. It was just a community of support and encouragement of each other. So check it out. Well, do you know what time it is? Do you have your little dance on? Do you moving from the left to the right? Do you have a little shuffle going on? It is Toss It Tuesday time. This Toss It Tuesday, let's get rid of those old test results that we no longer need. You know, I personally do not need test results from 1994. You know, can I say that again? I do not need medical test results from 1994. That's right, I said it. So hopefully that'll inspire you to go and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, looking at things, you know, you may be at a place in your life where you are enjoying being either an empty nester or, you know, you have, you know, maybe the grandchildren are coming over and you still have test results from when you were, you know, maybe went to the doctor in high school or college. Now, unless it's something very major that you just really want to hold on, but other than that, why are you holding on to it? And of course, if you are ready to tackle that clutter in your office, I've got an e-course for you. It's called Clear Your Desk, Clear Your Mind. So whether you work from home full time, you have a hybrid schedule, you run a business, you manage the home. It is all wonderful tips from just not only how to manage the things in the office, but also how to manage your time as well. So check it out. There's a link in the show page that'll give you more details. And also you'll be able to see some of the reviews from people who have taken the course. Of course, my app suggestion for this week is to make sure that if you are not already signed up, to sign up to whatever excuse me, online medical porters, portals, the online medical portals. They're really great because you can sometimes schedule appointments, upload documents, look at test results, you know, send messages back and forth to your doctor. I love it because I'll get to send a message to my doctor saying, I have my annual on this date. Can you schedule me for some blood tests so that when I come, we can discuss it. And of course, my Amazon shop, the My Body Passport. Now you've seen me share uh, uh, details about it, you've probably videos about it. I personally use, I actually have the larger version on my refrigerator because it has all of the. It's like my medical journal. It has all the dates and the and the uh, the numbers and the readings and the results, and it keeps me on track of what I need to do. So check that out. And of course, my repurpose suggestion is sometimes we need to make some of the things that, you know, maybe we have to have access to, but maybe we can put them into something a little pretty, like a vase or a vase and put your remote controls because someone actually did that. And I love it. I love that how she shared that. And of course, my book selection for this week is Selfish. 
permission to pause, live, love, and laugh your way to joy. It's by Nakia Thigpen. Again, selfish permission to pause, live, love, and laugh your way to joy. And my quote for you this week is, she stood in the storm and when the wind did not blow her way, she adjusted her sail. So sometimes you just got to, you know, when life gives us those things, those challenges to come, you know, we can navigate. We can navigate. I know we can. I know and unbelievably, I've done, been able to do it and I know you can do. Stay positive, stay motivated. So I want to thank you for tuning in and please spread the word about the podcast to your loved ones and also on social media and show your support by leaving a review and consider supporting the podcast as an individual or business. For more information, check out the links in the show page and visit my website at JanetMTaylor.com for more information. So until next time, I want you to have a clutter-free day, but most of all, have an organized week. Organization is a quintessential element of a clutter-free life. Join me as we take this journey together. Along the way, we will find the necessary answers to your organizing dilemmas. My name is Janet M. Taylor, and you are listening to Got Clutter? Get Organized. <music>